Today, we're talking to Joyce Mullen, president and CEO of Insight, about Insight's internal Gen AI transformation and how Joyce's role has evolved since her last time on the show. You're listening to Joel Beasley, Modern CTO. So you moved, you were the president at Insight for North America last yes. time we talked, I'm pretty sure. And then yes. now you're the CEO of the, the whole company. Is that how yes. it works? That's how it works. What's yeah. the difference? Well, first of all, I get to think about a lot more things. I get to work with a broader group of teammates and partners and clients. Um, our global business is we've we've you know we're, we're thinking carefully about how to grow our global business. We've done an acquisition in in um, in Europe, and I we got to hire a new president of Europe, and we're thinking about expanding our capabilities in Asia. So anyway, it's uh, I I love global businesses. It's a, it's kind of what I had done forever at Dell, and so now I get to. Think about that. And I also, we also got to hire a brand new and much improved president in North America. So um, that's been really fun. So anyway, it's been really, really fun building a global team and thinking about how to position ourselves to meet the needs, evolving needs of our clients. So that's been really great. So what are those needs today? Well, as you know, I mean, it has been like the choices that are available to our clients around technology are incredibly vast and very, very broad and frankly, quite complicated. And what we figured out is, and I'm sure everyone has figured this out, including our clients, is they don't have the time, the money, or the appetite to tr really try to understand what all these choices mean in terms of outcomes. They know they need to be a digitally enabled company or a technology enabled company. They know they need to leverage technology to do things bigger, better, better. They don't always know exactly which type of technology is going to deliver the outcomes that they require, and they don't always understand kind of what's involved in getting to those outcomes. So, you know, I think um, since we talked, we've been we had our investor day. We had um, have declared that we're going to create a new. We are creating a new category in our industry. We're calling it Solutions Integrator, and the reason we got there, Joel, is really because. Um, from where I sat at Dell, it was really obvious to me that SIs, systems integrators, were doing a lot of the services and trying to understand the products that went into delivering the outcomes. Resellers were trying to figure out how to add services so that they could do more of the work and create more value for their customers. And we think at the end of the day, these digitally enabled outcomes are going to be put together with a combination of hardware, software, and services. Sometimes that hardware might be in a public cloud. Sometimes it might be in a private cloud. Sometimes that software might run as a service. Sometimes it might be a license. But always there will be services required to figure out how to put those things together to deliver the outcomes our clients are looking for. And so we think this merits a new classification. And as I said, we coined the term solutions integrator. You know, And, uh, and so our goal is to be the very best solutions integrator in the industry and we believe other other sort of competitors and other um, participants in this space are following suit. And, um, and that means that you have to have much deeper technical expertise and you got to maintain the really strong relationships you have with the best technology providers in the world, um, the OEMs, and understand where they're going with their roadmaps and understand how to put all that together to help our clients solve whatever problem they're trying to solve. That sounds like a lot. 
That's a lot. You guys doing a lot of it. Has Gartner or any of the big agencies picked up this phrase solutions integrator yet? Are we still pushing that? Um, well, we've just been talking about it for a little over a year. Um, we are, we are hearing it repeated in our, um, competitors earnings calls, which we think is a good sign. <laughs> we are, um, but we haven't really started working with Gartner yet on this. And the reason we haven't is our goal, our thought here is, We've got to demonstrate that we're doing this. We've got to put points on the board and make sure it's really clear that we are delivering the kind of value that we're talking about it, about. We're trying to do it differently. So if you think about how systems integrators work, it's really all around time expended and kind of that sales process is complicated and those relationships are, and those contracts are long. We try to differentiate there by, in a couple of ways. One is we focus on delivering results fast and then earning through our expert execution, the right to do more. Our goal here is to become the partner our clients can't live without. And we do that by creating value, earning the right to do more, creating more value, earning the right to do more. Um, and that is a distinction. The other way we distinct, distinguish ourselves from the very big SIs is we focus on what we call the corporate space. So think Fortune 300 and below. Um, um, and the reason we do that, we're one of those companies, by the way, um, and they have big IT budgets. They don't always have access to the, the, the technical skills they need in this very diverse technical environment that we're operating in. And, um, we have an opportunity to really put together the solutions that are most important to them. And that's, uh, so that sweet spot for us is also quite important to our strategy, but frankly, it hinges on making sure we get in, we listen carefully to our clients, we deliver the outcomes that they're looking for using the best technology in the industry. And then if we don't do a good job, we don't earn the right to do more. So um, we're, we're having some success with that. We'd like to have a little bit more before we start trying to get Gartner to, you know, put together a magic quadrant on solutions integrators. <laughs> Well, you'll be at the top, I'm sure. Okay, so let's bring this down to a little bit more concrete. What is an an initial, let's say one of those Fortune 300 companies, what's an initial engagement project? What does that look like? Well, I mean, unfortunately, it's not an easy answer because it really depends on what the customer is trying to, trying to do. Um, so if they come to us and say, hey, we need to figure out how to secure our environment, we're quite concerned with making sure we have a, we are, we have an infrastructure that is designed for security. We would start with an assessment of their current environment. Um, if they say to us, you know what? We've just had this breach. Can you come help us get these guys out of there? That's an obviously quite a different, um, approach. We would go in and try to understand exactly where they are and we got to figure out how to put the right kind of, um, safeguards in place to get the bad guys out and understand how to reconnect their network, et cetera, et cetera. So it really does depend if a, if a client says to us, you know, we, we need a new way to manage our devices across our 5,000 locations and hundred thousand employees. Um, you know, we start with, okay, well, we've been, and we've been supplying those devices for a long time. We already have a lot of knowledge, so there's less need for an assessment. And it's more around just go, moving immediately to the, the design phase. But generally, I would say if you're sort of trying to categorize it, it's assessment, learning, really trying to understand the customer's environment, designing the appropriate solution to deliver the outcomes, Building that solution either on their on prem or in the cloud or wherever, and then helping them migrate their environment to that new solution and then managing that 
environment on an ongoing basis to relieve them of those operating costs and uh, the complexities associated with training teammates so that they would they can manage such complexity. Are they coming to you with things like, hey, generative AI is exploding. We don't really know how it can apply to us. Can you figure that out? I love that. And yes, everyone, I think everyone Everyone in the world is asking about generative AI. Um, and we are in such the early days of really figuring out how to exploit the opportunities associated with that. But I am very optimistic about those opportunities. First of all, there is so much soul-sucking work that people have to do every single day that is bringing them no joy. And there's an opportunity to eliminate that. So that makes me really excited. Second, so we expect that that will allow us to increase our teammate engagement and like unlock innovation and productivity improvements, et cetera, et cetera. There's also so much opportunity to eliminate soul-sucking work between partners and customers, suppliers and us or whatever. Um, and that's a huge opportunity. Again, the notion of us spending time on things that are far more powerful and exciting is, is really, uh, is really exciting. So I think there's, but I should say there's some parameters, there's some safeguards, there's some policies, there's some governance that has to be put in place because while I totally believe that technology generally is used for good, there's a lot of opportunities to exploit it for not so good purposes. And we got to make sure that our clients are aware of that. And then if you step back from that, you know, it's hard to use generative AI if your data is not set up appropriately, if you can't access it, you can't figure out how to move it in and out of your applications or whatever. So there's a lot of infrastructure plumbing work to do to enable our our clients to leverage Gen AI, but it's going to it's going to be really exciting. We're just we're just like we're not even, you know, I I don't think we've had our first at bat with Gen AI yet. We're really really early. This is very early innings if I'm trying to use my baseball analogy here. Yeah, I've, I started putting my hand. So my progression is, you know, software engineer, then the podcast took off. That became the main thing for the past, you know, seven years or so. So I haven't had hands on keyboard engineering in the past several years. When the GPT stuff started to really come out in January, February of last year, I looked at it as like, okay. And then around March, I started to put my hands on the keyboard and, and see how it could actually apply and run tests with it. I was blown away. I was it's like, really cool, isn't it? Until you start putting your hands on the key, like, so people always argue about, oh, jobs being lost and things like that with AI. And it actually happened the other day. So the other day I had three separate CSVs of all of our past guests, right? Because from different producers had different files. Columns were partially filled and there was just this, this scattered data in these three sheets. And so I went to go write the Upwork job post just to pay someone like 200 bucks because I could do it, but I don't want to sit there and mess with it. I was like, I'll just pay someone 200 bucks and I'll get done. And I just, so I wrote out the description of what I needed done and how I needed the data cleaned up. And then I thought right before I hit post on the Upwork job, I'm like, you know, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if I, I wonder if GPT can like accept files and I wonder if this could do that. And so I went over to GPT and it did it. And it solved like four different problems along the way without my interaction. So it tried to do it one way. It's like, oh, I found a problem with A, B, and C. I'm going to try another way. And it just kept saying, I'm going to try another way. I did that four times and then spit out a combined CSV exactly the way I wanted it. It was that bonkers. I love those stories. They're, uh, and, and there are so many of them. The question is, how do we scale it effectively? How do we train our team, so we've just rolled out some training internally around how do, how do you use our Insight GPT, which is our internal, um, 
chat GPT version and how do you interact with the technology? How can you get the right answers the first time because you prompt more effectively and all that sort of thing? It's a, I think it's got a lot of opportunity and it, the work that it's eliminating is not like the most meaningful work, right? I mean, so, right. um, we always tell every, all our teammates here and all of our clients, I mean, you know, generative AI will not replace you, but it's a really good skill. And if you don't learn it, you could be replaced by someone who knows how to use it. So um, I think I think the opportunities are significant for all of us. I also noticed, because I've been thinking a lot about this, about typically companies will slow their hiring in an area where these efficiencies are happening. So it's less of like laying off and more of just exactly. like not expanding that section and letting that be as efficient as possible. Because what happens is there's natural attrition in the system. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And it, and that kind of, we're doing that internally as well. I mean, it, it just puts a little pressure, um, on the system and on, on the leadership of those groups to fa- say, okay, this is a means to an end. Um, and it gets people excited and you start thinking about the art of the possible with it. It's really, it's, it's really cool kind of innovation we're driving. Plus, um, we're also seeing, um, people that we would never even think of. We, we decided to crowdsource ideas internally um, to try to figure out where people, where our teammates could use it. And we like found tons of different use cases that we would have never thought of if it were just a, you know, a group of 20 of us sitting in a room. Oh, 100%. By the way, I love the phrase, the eliminate soul-sucking work. I think that's... Yeah, I that, stole that from Bill McDermott, by the way. He's yeah. the first person I heard say it, and I've used it insanely, incessantly. <laughs> You got to run a marketing campaign, get your soul back. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. Exciting time to be in technology. I feel like I say that every single year, but it always is true. I think it's getting more exciting faster. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> the pace and the rate of change. Let me tell you about one example of a generative AI use case that I got really, really excited about. So we had three summer interns here um, working with our sales teams, and they figured out how to do a whole bunch of research and background work to try to help prepare salespeople for meetings with clients. So they they use generative AI to comb through 10Ks to 10Qs, um, earnings calls, recent news articles, and figure out what was most important to our clients. And then they built, using Gen AI, a PowerPoint presentation that says, these are the things that our customers, this customer cares the most about. This is what they're doing about it. And map those actions to um, solutions that we provide internally um, at Insight to our customers. So anyway, it was a really tremendous opportunity to showcase the benefit of really curious teammates with not a lot of experience could figure out how to use these tools and put them to work so that we could make sure our sales teammates were more productive when they went out and saw our customers. Oh, cool. What's the thing you are most excited about this year? Well, I think there are a huge number of technical um, silicon type introduction, product introductions this year that are really going to help us do everything we've just been talking about much more efficiently. I mean, the roadmaps from Qualcomm, AMD, NVIDIA, Intel are really quite amazing. And then obviously there's a bunch of new guys thinking about their own silicon. Um, I'm excited about figuring out how to build this capability into the edge devices a bit more um, effectively. So that's going to drive a bunch of 
uh, I think, a, a bunch of improvements. So we have a series of partner conferences that we always spend some time at, and mm-hmm. it's really where we're looking at those roadmaps and those innovation, the innovative um, changes they're making to, to products. Um, we are pretty focused on cloud. Um, cloud adoption has been quite significant, especially ampli- accelerated during COVID, as you know. Um, we've just bought... Um, Two companies that help us with that, well, actually three in the last year and a half that help us with our capabilities there. We bought a, um, most recently SADA, which is a Google Cloud partner of the year, six years running. Um, that gives us more capability in Gen AI, more capability in public cloud. We, um, we amped up our EMEA capabilities by buying a really strong Microsoft Azure project, um, partner called Amdaris. Um, and we bought a company that was also, uh, a Magic Quadrant Azure migration company called Hanu in India, which helps us expand our footprint a little more broadly and take advantage of talent pools all over Eastern Europe now and the U.S. and um, India. So those. Um, so back to your uh, your point, your question. I mean, things like what's going on with Google and what's going on with Microsoft are and AWS are certainly top of mind for us, and making sure that we can deliver solutions to our to our clients. Every single client is multi-cloud, so they and many of the larger ones actually have, you know, two or three kind of public cloud um, um, footprints. But then all our bigger customers also have a private cloud instance, and our ability to support all those solutions and figuring out which workloads go where, how to make sure the data works across those things is uh, is um, quite an important set of skills that we're bringing to our clients and. So, so we will spend a lot of time with the cloud guys this year. Yeah, I saw the acquisitions. I, I was reading the. You, how do you say it? Sada is that how you Sada. say it? Sada. 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 Yeah. And I saw the 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 sale price and then the earnout price. I was like, yeah, they're doing it right. You got it. You got to have that earnout on there. You got to retain those founders for a little bit and 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 get things transitioned. Yeah, there. they yeah. are a great group. And um, with Tony uh, Safoyan is the is the CEO of Sada. It's a great story. Like the family, their family came over. Uh, about 20 years ago or so, or 20, maybe 30 years or so ago, and from Armenia, built this company from scratch. The nice. mom and the dad have been super involved. Tony, their son, has been the leader for quite some time. We are very excited about their reputation within Google, the Google services skills that they've built over time. And we think that combined with our really strong presence in Azure and our, our AWS capability makes us what we call it a multi-cloud powerhouse. You know, very humbly, but you know, that's what we're calling ourselves. <laughs> it's so funny when I get to do interviews with you guys. You guys have thousands and thousands of employees, and then you reference like, oh, the bigger guys, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. The world's yeah, so, yeah. such a huge place. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. It's good. Well, I want to wrap up with uh, what's the thing you are most excited about right now? Well, I would say when I think about the market, I think you know, I there's a couple things. One is we've been through. The industry has been through a lot of turmoil, both really, really high demand and kind of softening demand on the device side. A lot of people trying to figure out what's going on with the macro environment. And while there still is really horrible and very concerning kind of geopolitical issues that we're all thinking about and worrying about, um, it feels like from an industry point of view, we are coming back to kind of a position where we're going to have some 
reasonable understanding of demand and we will be, to be, be able to be a bit more deliberate and thoughtful about delivering the right kind of solutions. Um, cause we're largely past the supply constraint, supply constraints, at least around components. I agree with you on energy, but, um, and so I feel like this is an opportunity to leverage the introduction of generative AI capability and really drive true innovation in our customers' processes and their ability to deliver, uh, you know, great results for their own customers, et cetera. So I feel like this, we've had kind of, I would say we felt very reactive um, around the whole sort of environment for quite some time, probably the last two or three years. And this is an opportunity for us to really think carefully about the value we can create together. Um, and the tools, generative AI and all of the other um, improvements that we're going to see in hardware and software are going to help us do that. So, and that's fun. That's way more fun than trying to figure out how to find a router in a supply chain. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Joyce, we did it. We made a podcast. How do you feel? Well, thank you very much for the opportunity, Joel. Great to see you. So glad to hear that your family is having a lot of fun in, uh, in Clarksville. That is, uh, that's great. That's yeah. a beautiful place to raise three beautiful kids, I'm sure. So, right. And give your, like your wife, you should do a she, podcast with your wife. I, I mean, probably I'd like should. to hear that. She, yeah. She's, she's making bread. She's got like sourdough starters. She's, Raising our, our our youngest child uh, has Down syndrome, so he's special needs. So she does training with him, and I mean, she just she just crushes it. And so, oh my gosh, uh, that's so amazing! Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Good yep. for you. Well, enjoy that beautiful weather and environment, and I'm glad you're you've found a great home in Tennessee. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.